1: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, everybody, I'm Kim
2: Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness, and you are listening
3: to the Holderness Family Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: You know, Ben, I think we just need to... Slow it down a little bit today.
3: Oh, okay. (laughs) I love when you put some of the content teasing into the hello. It's really good Segues. It's
2: a gift. First of all, it is summer, and it's time for our favorite sport, which is pickleball oh, yeah if you love pickleball too you can get our pickleball y'all shirt and our brand new pickleball sticker pack on our website go to holdernessfamily.com to check it out so that's the sales portion we of this episode yeah
3: by the way we did this video on stages of pickleball mm-hmm. where the last and most extreme stage was like forgetting to pick your kids up because you've been playing for so long yeah we've gone beyond that there's a stage six
2: which is finding
3: back channel feeds of pickleball tournaments on the deep internet and watching them, which we did this past weekend. So to the point that like we found a channel on the tennis channel that was doing it and they somehow had like the control panel control room feed where you could hear the directors talking. That's, that's how into pickleball we are now. We've gone into
2: the deep dark internet for pickleball. Anywho, speaking of summer, do you feel as a parent pen that the summer feels more intense and busier somehow than the school year. Yes. This summer, particularly, yes. We went on. Lola and I went on a college tour yesterday. She's a rising junior. It was advised that we, you know, if we're in the, if we're in the neighborhood, swing by a college, get an idea, just so you're not cramming a ton of college visits in your senior year. So we did a college tour yesterday, and there were students on the panel. So you walk into almost a big auditorium-type classroom. This college had four students sit up front. They were charming and wonderful. And one of the questions that was asked was, what advice do you give applicants? And all four of them said, you know, just slow down. Just enjoy the process. Just calm down. And Lola looked at me, and she was like, Easy for them to say. They're on stage and already in school. It of course they can look back and say, slow down. But the stage of parenting we are right now is that she's and both of our kids, I feel like, are busier than ever chasing this sort of imaginary competition to try to gain college admission. So I feel like also we as parents need to look at that because I personally am subscribing willingly or I I, I never remember choosing this path, but there's a mindset that like busier is best, you know, time is money, the whole thing. So that's why our kids, we we were like, oh, just slow down, just slow down. But as parents, we're not setting a good example of that.
3: Well, let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. Because you told this story to me about the about the student who said that mm-hmm. what do you remember personally you like what what sticks the most forward in your brain the fact that the students said that or the fact that as you said there were dozens of other students who were doing tours of the entire east coast oh my gosh. and you felt I think you felt even though, sure. even though you're incredibly proactive by doing this for Lola who by the way is a rising junior.
2: Yeah, but they were all raising juniors.
3: I understand. But you like, did you feel like you had to keep up and did you feel pressure when that when when that happened? Because that was the language I was hearing.
2: Absolutely. So what happens at these tours is that okay, there's some sort of, you know, classroom, big auditorium type of here's our school, you know, and they give you all the stats of everything. And then you break up into smaller groups to do an actual walking tour of the campus. On that walking tour, there were kids from all over the country in that walking tour. and we had we had the smallest group, and maybe there was fifteen people in the group, and there was kids from all over the country, and they were talking about the schools they had visited um, from the northeast, and they were heading, you know, heading south. And they, their entire summer was dedicated, their families had dedicated their summer to seeing all these different schools. And this is the only one we have on the schedule for Lola because and so Lola's looking at me like, do we need to do more? Do and I'm like, oh crap, maybe we do need to do more. And so that is the antithesis of the talk we're gonna have today, which is all about embracing a slower pace. But God, it's so hard.
3: Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to talking to this gentleman. He has he has made himself a global icon with this message, but I want to talk to him about how he managed this particular part of his life. I want to get more specific with what's going on in our lives because I think a lot of other parents are dealing with it. We just mentioned the college tours. That is a I think that's a very specific snapshot in time. It's these two years, right? Mm-hmm. It's your junior and senior year. That's what we've heard. That's when it gets really intense. That's the SATs, that's the tours, that's when you start It's it's tough because it's like when you start narrowing down dreams.
2: Yes, I know. I was like, oh, and Lola loved the school. I'm like, yes. And she's a great student. And she's so, I mean, she's checking all the boxes. But I had, I mean, how do you say, "Um, yes, you're doing amazing. But this also may not be an option. Yes. So anyway. So
3: there's that. I want to talk about about both of our kids, right? Our son is he's he's this little dude who loves playing basketball. He just loves it, yeah. and he's like I was. He and I, it's so funny, like how much I am seeing myself in him over the last couple of years. He's this little hustler. He's got a, a pretty good game on him. He uh, he's he's going through um, the stages of puberty later in his age than than yeah. most, which is exactly what happened to me. And then I shot up like a rocket. And there's some science. Our doctor even said, like, if you wait longer you'll shoot up faster at the end. And so I think he's just like, if he's like me, because I would go to bed at night just saying, dear God, thank you for most things. (laughs) Thank you for 99.9% of things. But if you could just help me with this other 0.1% and just just get it over with, if you could just turn me into a young man as soon as possible, that would be great because it's a major limiting factor in what he is doing, which guys... He's on a travel basketball team, which is another pressure cooker, right? It's where you're it's this yardstick and it's every weekend and you have to be careful with it because it is not slow. You go and you play against people who are in these tournaments because they expect to get college scholarships. And so the parents, the students, the children, they all have a certain style, a look. Uh, a skill level that you feel like you have to keep up with. So I'm not helping either. I'm coaching the team yeah, and I'm exposing him to this. So I, I want to learn about this as well. It, does it have you thinking about your childhood as well?
2: Um, you know, I spent summers, you know, this all came about and we're posting, by the time this podcast comes up, we will have posted the video we just shot about, oh, you know, my summers in the nineties versus what summers look like now for our kids. And I did not have you know when i was a you know 13 year old and you know 1990 I, I i spent the day at the dance studio mostly because my parents worked and but it wasn't i wasn't there because i had to be i wasn't there because there was some competition and a score i needed i was there a for child care because yeah. i really liked it those were my friends and so I would spend all day. That that was my first summer summer job was teaching dance. So it was very, very chill. Even though I was in this sort of dance studio, which could be sort of a competitive environment, it wasn't like dance moms at all. So I, and I went back to school in the fall, very relaxed and centered. And I worry about burnout with our kids. And by the way, I am falling on the sword and that I we have led by example because we went we went to the beach on vacation and it was a beautiful sunny day and it's a, if it's a beautiful sunny day at the beach you should be outside you should be going for a walk you should do all these things these shoulds right but at the time I wasn't feeling great and it just I just sat inside all day and read my book I felt so guilty for sitting inside all day long and only reading and I read by the way the entire book so but I, am addicted to productivity. I think, and or I know, and so it was so it was painful for me to do nothing. It was painful for me to slow down, and I feel as if I've shown our children that we praise productivity, and it is. I, I'm I'm afraid they're going to burn out. I, I re, truly, if I'm being really honest here. You know, I'll tell anybody, oh, well, this, you know, they want to do it. They, yes, they want to do it. Yeah, there's no stopping them from doing it. PC, if he wasn't on this team, he would be outside in the driveway for eight hours. I mean, he wants to do this, but does he want to do it because we, because that's something we would do? You know, have we created this? I just, I don't think it leaves, I don't know. I, I think I question a lot of parenting decisions, and this is the one. I think I'm going to look back and say, wow, our kids were too busy. And it was because of me.
3: Uh, not just you. We, we run. So let's talk not just about vacations. Let's talk about business. We are. I don't think that we're alone in this type of business. People who are small business owners, OK, who don't have the real legitimate ability to punch. I don't want to say punch a clock, but to turn things off, give boundaries and at five o'clock be done. And then at 9 a.m. the next morning get started. There are a lot of times we don't work 40 hour work weeks, but we're on standby 24 seven. Right, and so I I do think that's another thing. Like I I don't think we do a great job with ba- with boundaries, and that is another form of not slowing down. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I definitely will. I mean, we'll be in the middle of something at dinner time, and something will pop up that's urgent. We'll be in the middle of vacation. We told our kids that we weren't gonna you know, do a ton of work. And we had to like hide from them sometimes to go get some work done during vacation. Despite the fact that we have a support team, sometimes there's just stuff that we have to do. And so that's the stuff I worry about. Like I'll I'll pick uh, Lola up or I used to before she got her license. I'd pick her up from school and she'd ask how my day was. And the answer was always so convoluted. Mm-hmm. It was. How was your day? Well, I did this. I did this, and then this happened, and then I did this, and then you know, I I did this, and I, and I, sometimes I would say, you know what, I don't think I've had lunch yet, mm-hmm. and she would look at me like, what do you mean you haven't had lunch yet? So, we're you you can fall on the sword if you want to, but you'll have someone right next to you when that happens.
2: I've tr- I've been trying to lately. It was Sunday, Lola asked what I was doing today, and I've been trying to set the example of rest. So I. Just, I mean, my God, I'm so tired. I didn't sleep great last night. I may try to take a nap. I need, my body needs rest. So I'm trying to set the example of rest and slowing down, but I don't know how.
3: That's what this, that's what this podcast is for.
2: Okay, here's some research. Some high schools are encouraging students to complete internships in their junior and senior years. This is from a recent article in the U.S. News and World Report. They allow students to investigate fields of study and career options that are still years away. That just seems, I mean, that's great if you want to do it, but that seems really daunting. Okay, here's some more. When asked to choose one summer activity for those in grades 8 through 12, 70% of parents said they want their child to do something active outside of the classroom. Specifically, 31% said they want their child to get work experience. 25% said they want physical activities to get children moving. And 14% um, specified social activities like clubs, scouting, stuff like that. Only 22% said they would choose for their child to pursue academic studies in core subject I don't know, only, I think 22% is high. Um, 75% of high schoolers and 50% of middle schoolers describe themselves as often or always feeling stressed by schoolwork. And in a poll of 1,000 Americans, 52% said they want this summer to be a time of free play and discovery for their kids. I think a lot of people, a lot of us need to slow down.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's hard data. None of that surprises me. Does any of that surprise you? Particularly the fact that it gets higher once you get into high school. So let's get to the bottom of this, find out how it may have affected our kids and how stress affects us. Uh, this week, we invited Carl Honore, an international best-selling author, broadcaster, and the voice of the slow movement. His two main stage TED Talks have racked up millions of views, and his counterintuitive message is this. To thrive in a fast world, you have to slow down. Carl is a father of two and lives in London. While researching his first book on slowness, he was actually slapped with a speeding ticket. So we'll have to hear about that as well. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere.
1: Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra.
3: This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar.
1: Pen, you know I'm always
2: looking for a snack that's both nutritious and tasty.
3: Both a little snacky, yes, Uh, but of course the healthy stuff tastes like sand and the stuff that tastes good isn't healthy, right?
2: Not IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are a quick, low-carb option that I love to grab from my midday slump.
3: So start each day right with IQ Bars' brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. Get seven IQ Bar flavors, four IQ Mix flavors,
2: and four IQ Joe flavors. And today, our listeners get an exclusive offer for 20% off plus free shipping. Just text Holderness to 64000, which is 64000.
3: All IQ Bar products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMO, and artificial sweeteners.
2: Plus, they're packed with high-quality ingredients to keep you physically and mentally fit.
3: And they have a bunch of delicious flavors like chocolate sea salt, which is my favorite, peanut butter chip, and wild blueberry.
2: Don't forget over 10,000 five-star reviews and counting.
3: Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's ultimate sampler pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix Sticks, and four IQ Joe Sticks.
2: And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus free shipping.
3: To get your 20% off, just text Holderness to 64,000.
2: Get your discount. Text Holderness to 64,000. That's Holderness to 64,000.
3: Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This show is sponsored by Care
2: Of. Penn. The birds are singing. Mm-hmm. The The buds are on the tree. Yes. Winter is finally turning into spring. Yeah, you're
3: a big fan of the spring. And you know, I also love the sun finally coming out from hiding.
2: And you know me, the cold weather just wreaks havoc on my skin, my energy levels, everything.
3: And that is why you've, Kim, you've been trying the care of vitamin packs.
2: Yep, they have these daily packs that you can take on the go like ceramides, which help reinforce your skin's protective barrier and iron for energy levels.
3: Yeah, it's awesome because all you do to get started is take a short online quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals and care of will give you doctor backed recommendations
2: and they ship high quality personalized vitamins supplements and powders conveniently to your door every month
3: and something new at care of if you're not yet ready to subscribe to monthly packs some of their best-selling vitamins are now also available in bottles
2: For 50% off your first Care-of subscription order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code Holderness50.
3: That's 50% off your first Care-of subscription order at TakeCareOf.com and use code Holderness50. Welcome to the show, Carl. Welcome from London. Thank you very much. Wonderful to be with you both.
2: Thank you for the, the work you've done and talking about the value of slowness and Can I ask first, is there a big cultural difference between, you know, you raised your kids in London, we're here in the U.S. Is there a big difference between the pace of life?
0: I I think there are shades of difference, but I think essentially in the Western world, especially in the middle classes and up, you're going to find the same virus of hurry coursing through most families, right? Where every day, every moment feels like a race against the clock. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen in the center of London. It's going to happen in Manhattan. It's going to happen in Idaho, right? I think it's pretty, pretty universal now. It's everywhere.
3: You said virus. Is that intentional? Does it spread? Is it contagious?
0: I think it very much is. I think we find ourselves surrounded by other people And, you know, the the old adage, keeping up with the Joneses, so much of, I think, what drives our parenting is what other parents are doing, right? So if you're in a neighborhood or a schoolyard or a community where everybody is scheduling their kids up to the eyeballs, where every child from the age of three has an iPad, you know, we're social animals. We get infected by other people's way of doing things. And so Mm. if their way of doing things is roadrunner mode,
2: we're going to find ourselves chasing our tails every moment of the day as well. I feel that. Uh so hard. Um, You talked about slowness and how it can be a superpower. So to be clear, Penn has ADHD and he loves to talk about it as his special superpower. I've just never heard how slowness can be a superpower. Can you, can you expand on that?
0: Sure. I mean, I'm interested to hear that from Penn because whenever I hear people who have ADHD describing that as their superpower, usually they're often referring to the intense focus you get, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yes. An intense focus is another way of saying slowing down. <laughs> so so we're on the same team here, my friend, <laughs> because what slowness does is it moves you away from a, a superficial touch the surface life, which is what fast forward living is all about. So when you slow down, when you find the right rhythm for the moment, because I want to make it very clear up front that I'm not an extremist of slowness, man. I mean, I love speed. Faster is very often better. We all know that but not always, and that's really the key to unlocking this slow revolution, or people call it the slow movement with a capital S. It's about finding the right speed, the right tempo, the right cadence, the right rhythm for each moment. So sometimes, sure, you gotta go hell for leather, but other times you need to slow things down and switch into tortoise mode. So when you find that balance between fast and slow and you get to the right speed, for most of us that means slowing down to the right speed, then everything goes from black and white to technicolor in your life, right? So what are some of the benefits for a start? your relationships are stronger because Mm -hmm. human relationships are based on the two things that speed annihilates time and attention, right? So it's when you Mm -hmm. slow down, you start having deeper, stronger relationships, whether it's with your family, your friends, your colleagues, or the people you meet in the street. Creativity, we also know there's an intimate bond between slowness and creativity. The greatest thinkers in the arts, sciences, and businesses always understood this. That's why when you ask people, when do your best ideas usually bubble up? The number one answer you get around the world is, in the, shower, in the right? shower, You know, it's in those yes. slow moments. Uh, you, you know, slowing down is also a way of recharging our batteries, right? It's how we rest. It's how we reset and reboot. So you're healthier mentally and physically. There's a whole laundry list of benefits from slowness, and I kind of weave it all together and put it under the rubric of superpower because I think it genuinely is that.
3: How did you personally come upon this? Tell tell us your
0: story. Well, you could probably tell by listening to me that I'm a naturally quite a fast person. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that was going to be my next. You and I talk the same. I thought <laughs> like you were like going to sound like... A yogi. Well, <laughs> him and <laughs> Kim. You're, you're going to have to <laughs> <that's it> down <laughs> my, my, my long pauses.
0: Uh, no, I am not the Dalai Lama in a suit. Uh, I, I'm a naturally fast person, and that's fine. But because I was a type A, I just found myself stuck in this vortex of doing everything faster. Mm-hmm. And it was it was ruining my life. I could feel it, but I couldn't stop because I was just stuck in that way of being. And the wake up call for me came very much a personal moment, right? Existential crisis. I started reading bedtime stories to my son and I couldn't slow down. So I'd be speed reading Snow White, skipping lines. Power. I became an expert on what I called the multiple page turn technique. Oh, yeah. Which, <laughs> oh, classic. You know, we're not we're time right. for this crap. Yeah, let's move like, Happy yeah. ending. Right, exactly. It all works out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Straight to the end. But it never works because the kids know the stories back to front. My son would always catch me i would say, Daddy, you know, Snow White, why are there only three dwarves? You know, yeah. <laughs> what happened to Grumpy? <laughs> and, and, I, and I literally caught myself flirting. This was the moment I hit rock bottom. I, I was thinking about buying a book I'd read about called The One Minute Bedtime Story. Oof. So Snow White in 60 Seconds. And I thought, dude, Amazon drone delivery, bring that to me right now. Yeah. And then the, the light bulb went over my head and I just thought, whoa, what, what's going on here, right? Am I really in such a hurry that I'm prepared to fob off my little boy with a sound bite instead of a story? And it was it was one of those moments of really genuine epiphany. And I just thought, I have lost my way. I've lost my compass. I've lost my mind, essentially. I need to slow down. And that was kind of the, the starting point for getting back in touch with my own inner tortoise. Because we all have one, right? We just don't pay it much heed.
2: Uh, your first TED Talk was 16 years ago. Uh, and I remember discovering it. <laughs> this is so funny. I listened to it the first time because I was craving some some slowness in this stage of our life. But I, was, I had to stop and laugh because I was listening to it as I was unloading the dishwasher. My phone pinged. <laughs> I was sending texts. And I couldn't even, and it's 20, what, 20, 30 minutes. I mean, it's not, it's not. It's too long. It's, but I was <laughs> craving this, wanting to learn more about it while I was doing three different things. So that I I just wanted to do full disclosure. So you did that 16 years ago and your son was younger then. So how did you, how have you navigated him through, I, mean, I guess, adulthood or young adulthood now uh, through this very busy, traditionally busy time?
0: Yeah. Well, actually, funnily enough, he is he is now 24. He is downstairs in the home visiting, uh, doing some w- working at home from home, as it happens right now. Okay. <laughs> I asked him not to barge into this room to disrupt this podcast. But he, he is wandering around the house, in my view, an avatar of good slow, right? He is somebody who is like, super good at sports. He's got a lot of energy. He's finishing a Ph.D. in in artificial intelligence for drug discovery. You know, he's all over it, but he is very relaxed. He never rushes. He does things in his own time, wherever possible. Sometimes you've got to speed up more than you want because no man is an island and we're all connected and everybody has interlocking schedules. But for the most part, he is moving through his life with that, the right tempo that I've talked about before. He's picking the right tempo for the moment. And i think whoa if only i had been like that in my 20s because my 20s i look back now and it was just a blur right everything was super fast so he's definitely yeah i guess in some ways if i've got a legacy that's that's it sitting downstairs at the kitchen table as we speak and i think you asked how you do it i think one way is to set an example right because Mm -hmm. if you're running around as a parent like a headless chicken one eye on your iphone another on the to-do list juggling 15 things at the same time you are never going to be able to create a slow space to to project slowness to your child they will do as they see right Right. and so i think the first thing and probably the most important thing i did to help my own children tap into slow was to slow myself down to put my own house in order first to do that Gandhi thing of being the change you want to see in the world. Right. You got to be the change you want to see in your family. <laughs> that's that's how it works. And so I think that's my first piece of advice for all parents: is not to wall yourself off and carry on living like a a a, a, a crazed roadrunner runner and try and have a slow childhood, but um, to to do to to slow yourself down first and, and then allow your children to slow
2: down. What I love about the story is clearly he's very ambitious. He's getting a PhD in anything AI right now. He's going to do well for himself, but he's been able to—he's been able to find periods of slow, and that to me is no question here. I just think that's very promising. I have a question: mm-hmm.
3: uh, How do you balance that? I mean, ambition. This is all great thirty thousand foot talking, but like measure, like. Balancing ambition with slowness, particularly during this time, where you know our daughter has ambitions for what she wants to do in college, my son has ambitions for what he wants to do in travel sports, and it it that those ambitions alone, I think, speed things up for us to a potentially dangerous point. So it, to me it's to me it's about the it, balance.
0: It, it is. It's, it's also about redefining ambition and understanding how you get from A to B. The trouble is in our fast forward, do everything at once, do everything as quickly as possible, culture, ambition looks like speed, right? So we just associate getting to where we want to get to as, you know, doing lots of things, doing them all the time, never resting, you know, all that, you snooze, you lose, lunches for wimps, all those expressions that are woven into our vernacular. But it's untrue. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are many ways to get from A to B. And in fact, you're going to have a much happier and I would say more fruitful journey to success if you strike that balance, right? In fact, I would direct all of your listeners to listen to a talk, a commencement speech that Bill Gates gave uh, a few weeks ago at the Northern Arizona University in which he recanted. He, he denounced his old workaholic ways and say said, looking back now, I wish I hadn't behaved like that. I wish I had taken vacations. I wish I had rested. I wish I hadn't forced the people who work for me to spend many, many hours chained to their desks after dark, because that was preposterous, you know, mm-hmm. that was bad for everyone. It was toxic. And that's that was his message to this new generation, these class of 2023 was, yeah, reach for the stars, realize all your potential, hit home runs. But in order to do that, you need to strike a balance, a balance between working and not working, between being plugged in, and unplugging between on and off, right? Finding that balance between fast and slow. And that's when the music and the magic happen. And that is the key to success in any industry, in any field of human endeavor, is to find that balance, to pick your moments when you're going to go full bore, turbo, and then pick those other moments when you go a little bit more tortoise. And those tortoise moments allow you to make more of the turbo moments, right? Because you've got that mix. It's like a piece of music where sometimes you're it's going a little bit fast sometimes it slows down that's life and that's how you succeed in it
2: i love this theory of taking it maybe one project at a time or one stage of life at a time one day at a time but i will say for me i am addicted to productivity i have found and if i don't if i you know I, on vacation it was a beautiful sunny day at the beach, but I felt guilty for just staying inside all day and reading a book because it was a beautiful day. I should be out walking. I should be out, you know, swimming. I should do all this stuff. And it, it was torture, I felt, because I wasn't being productive. So I do hope that people like Bill Gates, and I think hopefully our children's generation, can step up and make a change because clearly it's not working.
3: Well, also, Bill Gates is super successful. I know, like he's he's saying this, but he from can. the top of the mountain. Yeah, that 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 to me is like I'd love to hear the speech, but uh, you know, Kim was Kim was at a college tour with our daughter yesterday, and there was someone on a panel who got into the University of North Carolina, which is an impossible school to get into. It seems, um, saying, "Boy, I wish I'd just slowed down just more, slow
2: down and enjoy yourself." And, more. And our daughter looks at Kim, and what did she say? Well, it was first of all, all four of the students on the panel saying they they just relax enjoy the process enjoy your last years of high school and my daughter looked at me and she's like it's easy for them to say they're sitting on a stage in college so they're Mm. at the top." so similar bill gates is that you know he is at the top i it it, could he have gotten to where he is now without that's the question And
0: in a way, in a way, that's uh, I mean, that's a parlor game question. It's unanswerable. But I I, I, I would argue he could have gone even further. And I suspect Bill Mm. Gates believes that too, right? That Mm. once you have the experience and the wisdom of all those decades of work, and you look back at what worked, what failed, what could have gone better. That's when you can make those decisions. You can look back and think, okay, I spent a 20 hour day in the office for six. Was that really useful? Right. You know, it's the it's the actual experience that allows you to say no. And also the experience gives you the courage to stand up and challenge that cult of productivity that marred your vacation recently. Yeah. <laughs> because we all, carry, we all carry around this little gruesome spirit animal on our shoulder that says, if you slow down, you're lazy, you're boring, yes. you're unproductive, you're stupid, you're roadkill. <laughs> and that makes it so hard to slow down because we feel guilty. You use the word that comes up all the time. We feel guilty, we feel ashamed because the culture is constantly telling us that on, on, more, more, faster, faster is the way. But yeah. let's be honest, when most people take just a breather for a moment and look at their lives and look back, especially if they've got a couple of years to look back on, not many people say, I wish, very few people I would say, okay, some people sure would say, I wish I'd gone faster. I yeah. wish I'd been busier, right? You know, we just don't. So that's yeah. what experience tends to show us when we pause. And that's what the pandemic showed a lot of people, yes. let's be honest right? Because yeah. it was a global workshop in slowness. Yes, it was a total nightmare. I didn't welcome the pandemic at all. No, 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 But I think for a lot of people, it took away FOMO gave us a taste of what a world without rushing hither and thither might feel like. And what happened? Well, a lot of people kind of fell in love with it, you know, so yeah. you've got a lot of families coming out of the pandemic saying, Okay, we're going back to extracurriculars. But instead of six at a time, we might do two or three, right. we're gonna have a, a family game night once a week, we're going to have fewer screens on, in the, you know, and we're just going to rethink things. And you just picking up on a thread from earlier, you talked about, let's hope the next generation sees things differently. If you speak to HR departments anywhere in the world now, they'll tell you the same thing, which is that this new generation coming in are different. They're mm-hmm. saying, I want to succeed. I want to get up to that C-suite. I want to climb the mountain like Bill Gates, but I also want to go home at 6pm and give my newborn baby a bath. Yeah, right? I don't want to be on the phone at nine at night on a Saturday, dealing with an email that could easily wait till next Tuesday. Right? Mm-hmm. And they're actually saying that my generation would never have dared Ever. to make that. Call. We would just <laughs> yeah. put our heads down like good little soldiers and said, how fast do you want me to go? Okay, I'll do that. And I might even go a little faster for you. Whereas this generation is saying, no way, we're looking for something much more human, much more humane, and at the same time, we will deliver on the bottom line. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. If you let me be a human being, let me have a rounded life, let mm-hmm. me read a bedtime story with my child without feeling the need to reach for the multiple-page turn <laughs> technique, then I'll come to the office the next day and smash it, right? So yeah. we all win.
3: Yeah, but are those corporations accommodating for those wishes? I mean, I think I'm, I'm remembering like when you and I were back in college and getting out, like our friends who went into finance, they had cots that they slept in. The people who went to medis- medical school, like they, they slept in the hospital. Google has this culture where they want you to be there for 100 hours a week. And so they build restaurants and bars around the location mm-hmm. so that they can overwork. Have the corporations adjusted as well?
0: Uh, I think they're starting to. I think many are stuck in the old ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of that FaceTime culture of, you know, being in the office as long as possible. You may not be doing anything productive anymore, but at least you're there, right? That culture still, I think, holds sway in many boardrooms and on many factory floors, but less and less. And I think it's becoming more and more permissible now to, to have those conversations when people are being inboarded. They're coming into the company, that first generation, the new wave, saying, okay looking at what the way the company culture is and and starting to move the dial a little bit. This is not something we're going to change tomorrow or next week or next year. And I think some countries, some cultures are more resistant to it. Mm -hmm. I think the United States would probably be near the top of that tree when it comes to the corporate world saying, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, no, you've got to do the long hours, fast, fast," you know, all that. So I think that the, the inertia is more powerful and runs deeper in the U.S. But you still find examples of companies in the United States finding ways to just put limits on the working hours to find the right balance between working hard and resting so that you can, you know, actually work better as a result. Uh, So I think, you know, I'm optimistic, but I'm also realistic. And I realize that there's still still a long way to go.
2: Talk to us about your slow morning and slow evening routines. Sure. My morning, well, these
0: days, because my children have left home Mm -hmm. i'm in the lucky position of not having to set an alarm so that that i know puts me in a small incredibly (laughs) incredibly blessed people uh so we're an empty nest now so we you know i get up when i when my body wants to wake up and i don't look at my phone for the first hour so no screens for the first hour Mm -hmm. i usually listen to the radio a little bit come downstairs uh, i'll usually do some gentle sort of stretching or a bit of yoga have breakfast with my wife face to face conversation and then and then the day will start, you know usually an hour, sometimes more than an hour later. So it's a you know, it's a fairly relaxed kickoff to the day. Mm-hmm. But then once I get into the saddle, because I've had that slow start, I, if I need to hit the ground running, man, I'm gonna run as fast as anyone else can if that's what's called for. So I, I feel like I know in fact that I get more done during my days. I get it done better. And I'm more creative because I have those slow moments, right? I'm not yeah. powering through. I'm not hitting the ground running from the moment my my eyes open up in the morning. And then at the other end, you mentioned about my evening. I have a kind of gentle landing slope, if you mm-hmm. like. So again, I will not look at a screen for an hour. If roughly an hour before bed, I'll always try and read. I don't. I tend to read novels for for fun, and I never read on a screen because I spend so much working time doing that. So I read a book in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, have a evening meal, usually with my wife, if we're both here, and, it's, and often go for a stroll. That's something I picked up during the pandemic, was just walking around my neighbourhood. Really simple thing, but it there's something about walking that, mm-hmm. I, get, I think it also inoculates you a bit against the virus of hurry, because it's it's almost impossible to walk too fast. <laughs> we all have our own natural tempo and rhythm for walking, and if you're walking too slow, that's uncomfortable. Too fast, that feels a little weird too, so it's, I think walking is a really good way to train yourself both body and mind to find the correct tempo for you. And I find that a wonderful way to slide into my own groove and my own tempo in the evening by just going for a stroll.
3: Do you feel like hearing this are you are you catching on to some specifics that you could do on a daily basis?
2: I'm catching on to so right. Our kids are still in, even though it's summer. (laughs) Our kids are still doing activities that require alarms being set, and Mm -hmm. my body does wake me up pretty early. So I can brag that I wake up without an alarm, but it's you know it's six a.m. and I'm trained that way because of our school year and stuff. So um, we're not quite at the no alarm set, no crazy morning routine yet. But I do wake up early so I can have that time to myself in the morning. I'm, I am trying that. So I'm hearing things that I could put into place. What I'm curious about is, you know, because you've you've survived and obviously done a good job at this phase of where we are as parenting, what are other examples I could set for my kids that would encourage them, it's their summer and yet still they're pretty busy, and I think going very quickly, what, what mm-hmm. examples, what are things I can do? What, what can we do as a family to just practice some slowness?
0: Well, I would start by trying to be less busy. So if there's, I don't, I don't know your schedule. And of course, I don't know the makeup of your family and what, whatever your yeah. priorities are. So I, I don't want to presume to tell you how to schedule your lives. But, but just, just generally as a starting point, finding one thing, pinpointing one activity that's sucking up a lot of time in the schedule and just letting that go, mm. right? Just letting it go and, and seeing how that feels, right? It, what it's gonna feel like is you've got more time, more oxygen in the schedule for drifting around, hanging out, uh, moving between other activities. It's just going to loosen up and slow things down a little bit. And let's be honest, most of the activities that we do that stru- that are structured for children these days I mean, for the most part, they're not that important. I mean, five years from now, they won't even remember them. <laughs> yeah. Most kids, there'll be one activity that really lights them up, yeah, that really puts fire in their belly. They're prepared as teenagers to jump out of bed on a Saturday morning to go do. The rest of them, by and large, they're, I don't want to say going through the motions, but they could let them go, right? So I think it's about having that conversation with family, trying to get down to what really lights up your kids and then maybe try and pinpoint and focus on those and find something that could just just go by the wayside to create a bit more time in the schedule. That I would say is one starting point. Yeah.
3: You talked about your son. He's 24. He's downstairs. I almost want to bring him on or <laughs> you, can just, you can just talk about him. I'd love to know his journey living in a household with a slowness guru, how the secondary school <laughs> process went. I don't even know if he, if he went to college in the States or not. I am just curious to hear how that's gone for him living in a family with this mantra.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, judging from where I'm sitting, it seems to have gone pretty well so far. <laughs> Touch wood. I mean, he he came up through the school system in the UK where we live in London. Mm-hmm. So he went through those different hoops of exams and pressure and stuff and, you know, worked hard, got the grades he needed to get to the university he wanted to, then got his Ph.D. and so on. Uh, He's we we were very particular about not overscheduling with with extracurricular. So we always had those conversations about, we wanted the kids to try everything, but then to learn that secondary powerful skill, which is triage, which yeah. is to say, okay, you can't do everything. You can try everything, but trying everything, the whole point of that is to identify what really fires you up and then go with that and let the other stuff just fall by the wayside. So we they tried everything. And each of my kids narrowed in on one or two things that they love. So my sons for him, it's um, what they call football here, soccer in North America. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huge soccer player plays it, you know, three, four times a week. Awesome. He could go around Europe doing keepy up tricks to make money on the street. He's a great player. Mm -hmm. And he loves it, right. And it's something that just ran in parallel with his academic drive to get to the top in academics. Mm -hmm. And I think if you asked him, he would say that, I mean, I haven't actually asked them. Maybe I should ask him after the podcast. You know, I think that he would feel that he had a, a good, a good there was a good balance there and that he could see how my wife and I lived our lives, but also the conversation we constantly had around the table about, you know, talking about other families. You know, I remember when they were younger, they would go around, we kept back screens as, as long as possible. They didn't have, you know, um, video games or anything until they were 12, I think my son eventually with some money he got from his grandparents, <laughs> bought himself a PlayStation. But until then there was nothing, no phones and stuff, but some of their friends had them. Mm. And so they would go over to a friend's house and the kids would just want to sit on the sofa and play for three hours. And our, our son would come back and say, it's not fun for 20 minutes, but it was a little bit. So, so it allowed us to have that conversation about, okay, sure, it's a bit of fun playing, but you know, you have boundaries. You say, okay, I'm gonna play this game for, I don't know, an hour, say, but not three hours. Yeah. You know, you're gonna take those other two hours and go kick a ball around in the park instead of kicking it around on fifa right on playstation finding the right balance that works for you so i feel like both my kids have and also you know, something uh, other thing i noticed as well i saw the other day when they were both here staying over uh, last week in their old bedrooms i came down late at night they both come out come back from you know partying with their friends and <laughs> stuff yep. but I, we heard them crashing in a little bit <laughs> later i went down to just make sure the door was locked and as I went past both their bedrooms, I noticed both of them had left their cell phones outside the door, like on the landing mm. outside the bedroom. And I just thought, "Yeah,
2: yeah, something worked. Something worked here." <laughs> uh, you should be very proud of that because that—that that is a habit we're trying to uh, instill and pry from their hands at, uh, in the evening. I,
3: I think it's helping though. Like yeah. over the last few months, we've we've actively been working on it, and I think that the that's worked. That's been it, the first couple of days. It's like getting someone off a of heroin, probably, but not that I know about that. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I would uh, everything you're saying. I I'm nodding my head. I totally agree, and it's it's something I'm craving for my family and for my children. But I think another piece you mentioned is just the um, the keeping up with the Joneses situation. Yeah, the virus. The the virus of yeah. it because. You know, I have this um, group, wonderful group of moms that you know our daughters are in the same sort of friend group, and we do a monthly lunch. And I, first of all, I don't make a lot of them because I'm too busy, which is a shame. Um, But the last one, we all stood up, and we're like, "This was this is usually fun, but now I'm leaving more stressed because we were all talking about what the plans were for the summer." Because now, at least for the universities in the U.S., they look at I mean, maybe maybe they don't, but there's this perception of like, what did you do with your summer? Did you get a job and therefore get work experience? Did you go deep into an internship where you learned about this skill and this major that you want to have? So it's this summer's all of a sudden become really structured. So yes, I want my kids to you know get a job scooping ice cream and go hang out by the pool. I want that for them, but that is not at all what their peer group is doing. And so my heart gets a little like, Ooh, like if I choose to keep my kid out and slow down the summer process, what are they going to be behind in in this, mm-hmm. you know, life experience? This resume? is
0: The, the trouble of that that
2: word behind says it all, doesn't it?
0: Because what behind tells you is that there's a race right. and when there's a race, there's one track. And the whole point of being a human being is that there are a million tracks into adulthood. There are hundreds of thousands of ways to lead a successful life. And I think this is one of the most stultifying aspects of modern parenting, is it's become a cross between a competitive sport and product development, where we just feel like there's one track, the alpha track. And if our kid strays even like a tiny bit from it, his or her life will be indelibly ruined forever, Right? which is preposterous. There are a zillion ways. I mean, people... Drop out of school, they drop out of university, they go here, they take and, and go on and do extraordinary things, right? And yet, when we get into those little peer groups of parents and we all start comparing notes, it's terrifying it's because terrifying. you think there's only one track. And if I step off it for a second, my kids toast, yeah? So I would give you two bits of advice for that, for handling that. The first, is and this applies for when you go out with your 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 friend your mom group, but also maybe even when you go out with them. Yeah. Is just have some uh, nominate certain meetings when you just say we are not going to talk about our children.
3: Oh my gosh, we, we did just that. did that. We <laughs> did that last week, and we <laughs> it turned it. Yeah, we uh, th- there was a penalty if you talked about your child. That we kept.
2: <laughs> we were drinking non-alcoholic <laughs> beverages, but yeah. we made it a we drinking drink, game. drink. And like, we kept. Drink. We
3: kept committing the of uh, infraction. What was, the heck so
2: else he, to had, he about? Had, yeah, sorry, sorry, he had sorry, two things. Yeah, go ahead, go okay, ahead. so yeah. don't talk about your kids and what's your yeah. next? Yeah. And
0: the second thing, what was the second thing? Oh, yeah, uh, t- keeping up with the Joneses, find other Joneses, right? Because yeah. y- you're not alone. If you're thinking, I want to slow down, that there's, there's another way to be a parent, there's another way to be a child and grow up in this world and thrive in it that doesn't involve a 100 extracurriculars, thousands of hours of tutoring, and rushing around trying to burnish the perfect resume you're not alone. You know, there are loads of other parents out there, you may just not have found them. So so try and find them through parenting forums, through breakfast events, you might even hold one in your own school, you know, and find those people and surround yourself with the like minded, and you'll start to feel less angst ridden, <laughs> less worried, because suddenly you're hearing other people say, you know what, or, you know, another way to think about this is to find people, and this is a really good way of doing it as well. So this is number three, is to plug into parents who are sort of five, six years ahead. Mm-hmm. Because I, I found this very much myself as a parent that we get locked into a, an age cohort, where everybody has kids the same age, and mm-hmm. we've got no sense of the bigger picture, we're just locked into this little tunnel vision of panic for our generation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what you realize when you start talking to parents of similar backgrounds, similar neighborhoods, or whatever, whose kids are now seven, eight years on, and you ask them what kind of path they've follow to find the place where they are now if you know assuming that they're living a good life and are successful you'll find that they've done it in so many different ways right Mm -hmm. and i think that takes some of that what only one track in the world pressure off you start to realize the world is so much more complex and so much more nuanced and so much more gloriously messy (laughs) than than the current parenting model tells us which is that Input A gives you output Y, you know, input A gives you output B, X, Y, mechanistic. That's not how it works. It's parenting is really a journey of discovery It's let me take your hand. And together, let's find out who you are, rather than let me spend every spare spare dollar minute of time, you know, kilojoule of energy trying to drag you from where I think you are now to where you should be later on. And I think if you kind of find you find your tribe, that can be very much easier to do. A would, slower tribe.
2: I would also say this tribe of women that I feel lucky to know. I bet if at our next lunch I said, "Hey, let's not talk about the kids. Let's. I want to get to know you more beyond your kids." I think they would welcome that. I think if I raised my hand and said, "Is anybody else really stressed out?" and let's just not talk about this, I think they would welcome it too. I think most people would. are craving this. So, but I would have to find a way to lead that as an example, and I am struggling with that, but maybe with a little practice, um, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, the way you said it there was perfect. Say that three times in the mirror before your next lunch, and <laughs> yeah. then say it, a, say it a fourth time the moment you sit down at the table. I agree, I think you'll find that, because I think, you remember the, um, what was that movie, the, the spaghetti western, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Do you remember the final scene where they're in that Mexican standoff? And, I like, do,
3: yes. Looking, they, yeah,
0: I- looking at each other, who's gonna pull the six-shooter first? I think parenting is a little bit like that now. We're all sitting there thinking, this is not this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. This feels like a race to the finish line. I don't like it, but but I, but, but, but you know, but, 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 but all it takes is for one person to pierce that wall and to say, "You know what? There let's see if there's another way to do this. I think there might be." And I think you'll find that the Mexican standoff dissolves, falls apart, and everybody says, "Yeah." I've been thinking the same thing <laughs> and it becomes a whole lot easier then because the tribe is already there these are friends of yours people you yeah. already know and you may find that some of them are strong allies from the word go yeah
3: this is all great advice man thank you so much um i feel like you are a little bit of a therapist as well as a motivation motivator and in that sense like I feel the need to check in with you after like a month
2: <laughs> <I know. laughs> because this is, it's
3: kind of like going to the dentist where they're like, Oh, you've got some buildup here and you're like, great. And you go home and that night you floss,
2: Yeah, you floss once
3: and, and then you, and then you're like, Shit, I have another dentist appointment in six months and you floss the night before. But this I, I do think that like going to the dentist, this probably is gonna take a little bit of work and discipline to almost implement this, right?
0: That's see. put your finger on something very important here. Well, first of all, I'll say that I hope that chatting with me is a little less frightening, a little less painful.
3: <laughs> no, you've been great. It's more about
0: me. This is yeah. It's all, the it's all it's let's flip it or it's all about it's it's about you now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, we'll just coming back to something that was said earlier that you know people want to slow down, they're yearning to slow down. But because we're in such a fast forward culture, it's it's difficult to do. It's, I mean, I put it this way, I mean, slowing down takes time, it's slow, right? To, to bring yeah. about your own slow revolution, it's not going to happen tomorrow, there's going to be two steps forward, one back, you're going to hit some, you're going to hit a pothole and s- spin your wheels there for a while, then you'll move forward and back. It's it, it, it is a process, right? It takes time to get to where you, presumably, where you guys kind of are now, where I was back at the beginning of my journey here towards slowing down and to getting to where I am now. And it's not something that I would ever say, you know, buckle in, it's going to be all done next week. It won't be. Uh, you will have to come back, whether it's to me or to someone else in six months' time, check in with each other, check in with if you keep a journal, check in with whatever way you measure your own way in the world and keep yourself true, keep yourself facing towards the North Star, keep yourself on the right path, but just be aware that you will fall off the wagon, right? We're human beings, we're fallible. And it's so tempting to go fast when everybody else is, to get busy. Part of busyness is a way, I mean, let's get really metaphysical here. For a lot of us, busyness is a form of denial. It's a way of running away from who we Mm -hmm. are, confronting our own selves, asking ourselves big questions like, who am I? What's my purpose here? Am I living the right life for me? Those are frightening questions to grapple with. They're the questions we need to deal with in order to lead a life worthy of the name, but they're scary, especially at first. So it's easier just to fill up your head with trivial questions like, where are my keys? I'm late for my 11 AM. That's much easier to yeah. go for that low hanging fruit, but it's not really what living is all about. So it will be difficult Is the bottom line here. It's not going to be super easy, but, but but there will be an ease to it because as soon as you start testing out little pilot projects of slow, you're going to get a payback right away. You're going to savor something a bit more. You're going to notice the fine grain of a moment. You're going to feel a little closer to someone than you did last week. And each time you feel that, it's going to be easier next time to slow down again. So be patient, be slow, and that's how you end up being slow, I suppose, is a way to think about it.
2: Okay, this is all very aspirational. Carl, we are definitely going to check in with you. You're going to give us a few months and we're going to find... I think, I think the you know a way we can institute sort of it's so funny we love a list we love something which is sort of the antithesis of slow is <laughs> like to give me a project a thing to do but maybe for me the the mornings have been great but maybe i need to we need to have slower evenings as well i can add that in and it's you know screen free maybe it's we love playing games maybe it's game night something like that whereas yeah. a family we're slow
0: um you know what my, my favorite things is just i'll just throw one little yeah, other please personal tip in there is puzzles mm. I love a good puzzle like a thousand piece puzzle you put it on a corner of your kitchen table or somewhere that's just reachable by everyone in the house and leave it there and it will turn into an oasis of slowness people will sit there alone putting the pieces in or they'll sit there together chatting or in companionable silence some of the best conversations i've had with my kids are doing a thousand world puzzle <laughs> Of of Waterloo Station in London, right? I mean, just something so simple yet something so transcendent. Because it's there's you can't well you can't speed puzzle. We turn everything into a race. Of course, can eat, speed hot dog eating. You can do anything, but basically puzzles invite you to slow down, to look, to observe, to join up, join the dots, yeah. to put the pieces together, literally. And there's something so soothing and meditative about it. But it's also a social. Gathering, I it's love that idea. that's so
3: crazy. My parents and their kids, and that, like every time we went to the beach growing up, that was such a social yeah. mecca. Was that puzzle table? Your and, dad was always yeah, like bellied up to
2: the puzzle table. Yeah,
3: we we tried it a couple of weeks ago at the beach, and we we. We overshot the difficulty level of the puzzle. Yeah, a little too hard.
2: uh, (laughs) uh, Like
3: (laughs) we were there for a week and we didn't solve it. And then I think we haven't done it since. But I'd like to get back into that. And and to your point, I don't think it needs to be on vacation.
2: Yeah, it just needs to be a place where we can, it it can just live. I love that idea. I love it.
0: And and if if it's not a vacation, then there's no deadline. It can, you can have it on a table. If it's not at your kitchen table, getting in the way your meals, you know, you, you talked about a puzzle table, have it in a place where it can be for Six weeks. There's yeah. no. There's no rush, right? Yeah. Maybe you do one. Pe- one piece a week. It's, there's no. You know. It's. It's the. It's the. It's the journey, not the destination, really, with puzzles. And it's what happens along the way. The magic that's conjured. That's what's going to make you fall in love with the puzzles again. <laughs> not the getting it done and then taking a picture for Instagram and showing. You know. I mean, that's fun too at the end. But
3: the real fun happens. The real joy occurs in the doing. How many pieces? We're talking like not a thousand, five hundred, six hundred. We're like, well, which ones work for I you? Would,
0: I would start with if 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 you if you struggle there, I would say I would go five hundred first. 1st okay. don't, don't go two fifty. I think is a little bit too easy. Yeah. Let's well, too. Easy.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: No, I have but I have
2: a, I have a new thousand piece Gilmore Girls puzzle downstairs though, so, so I think that it's in the house. How
3: much. does Gilmore Girls have a? It's a it map. Picture? Oh, it's a map of it's a Stars map Hollow. Of Stars Hollow. Oh wow.
2: That I got. from Let's Walmart. do that. Well, that'll we're be there that. for a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay this has been lovely tell us where can people find you how can they support you how can they get in touch with you
0: i'm very easy to find i i've got a single link which takes you to all my books talks courses everything you could ever more than you'd ever want to know about me and it's just my name altogether no punctuation so carl Honoré. dot info
2: and Honoré. H-O- H yeah. O
0: so It's Carl, like being
3: an honoree,
2: but with only one e. To, yeah, okay. Cool. But now we've confused yeah. people. Car con- honoree.info yeah, so, dot info.
0: Yeah, is because the, if you're because that's in this that's how you spell it in the U.S. Because I'm Canadian, right? So we have a U in there as well for honoree. So. Oh gosh, now you really
3: confused. No, really you British use love adding U's. <laughs> I gotta say and i'm i'm here for it
2: yeah well this is a joy Just to Work out a little bit uh, yeah. thank you so much and go enjoy some slow time with your son who's working downstairs
0: we're gonna do a boxing workout together later this afternoon so Ooh, that doesn't That's sound slow. Our fast moment
2: That's best- <laughs> yeah, right. that sounds terrible <laughs> um okay it was nice to meet you thank you so much it was a lot of fun thanks guys thank you so much to carl that was I think it's, it's interesting. I think that was exactly what I needed to hear, a mm-hmm. good reminder. And also a reminder, I thought he was going to come on and just say, like, slow your entire life down. That's impossible. That taking it in phases and looking for moments in the day, in your week, and your schedule to appreciate the slowness. So that was encouraging.
3: It was good to hear that his kids are still in one piece, right? Because <laughs> that's, again, we are in that, we're in the trenches right now when it comes to being slow with our kids also with ourselves, like we're in our earning years. I think a a lot of other parents, adults, small business owners can relate to this. Like we, we work on the internet where you can't be super slow. You have to be fast and be responsive. I didn't want to weigh Carl down with that, but it's going to be interesting to see how we would be able to implement that. One of the first things I ever hear from anyone who meets me for the first time is like, do you ever take a break? Because, when you're an internet job person, it's that it's that fastness that allows you to pay bills and pay a mortgage and send mm-hmm. your kids to college someday. And so, I mean, don't you think that's going to be the thing that we're going to have to, in his terms, experiment with, be patient with?
2: But what if, think about it this way, what he said, you know, my, I sort of bristled when he's, you know, Bill Gates was speaking about um, how he we slow down and we countered saying well he wouldn't be Bill Gates if he slowed, slowed down and he he countered with well what if he would have been bigger what if he had, would have had a bigger impact what if he could have done more because he had taken the opportunity to rest yeah and so there's so much we're doing right now that I'm very excited about book manuscript is due <laughs> in September so I don't know if we're gonna have a slow summer that we dream of what if there is an opportunity and what if we could create the thing we're craving to create because we give ourselves breaks?
3: I love that idea. I do think I've been kind of suggesting that for a bit. It's it's the how, right? Like that's the big part that, that we would have to figure out. And I think that this is a very wonderful romantic idea and I do want to try it. Let's put it that way.
2: Okay. Well, let us know guys through Instagram. I love it when you message me saying you listened to the yeah. very end. That's the cutest ever. But how you're if if you want to slow down, how you're slowing down, especially how you're setting that example for your kids. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.